0: Cause, uh, tonight's guest speaker is a dear, dear friend of mine. Um, I only—I I don't really—I haven't really known him for that long, but it was just kind of like one of those um, spiritual connection moments when I met him, and um, my husband fell in love with him, and I just grudgingly agreed to uh, take him into my arms as well. But um, he's one of the staff here. His name is Andy, and he's really going to bring it. And so, let's give a warm welcome to Andy. And Someone pointed out to me that I have an armpit stain, so I'm sorry if it's a distraction. Eyes and uh, Emmaus, I want everyone to lift their hands to the Lord that morning. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley that was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, only you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause my breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and you will cause and I will cause the flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin You shall live, and you shall know that I am Lord. Staff, if you could join me. I don't know if you call this a prayer or something, but I just simply want to declare life over our brothers and sisters right now. Father God, Lord, we declare, Lord, life, God. Lord, we say, God, yeah, Lord, let the muscle come upon the bones, God. Father, we just speak life right now, Lord, over Emmaus, Lord. Life God, the fullness of life which is in you, God, and in your spirit. So breathe upon us tonight, Lord. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys can Would you guys prefer if I stood up here? joy it's such a privilege, seriously, just to like be here tonight and get to partner with what God is doing tonight, because how many of you guys know it's not really about me, it's not really about what I'm going to speak, but it's like God, God's going to do something tonight, and I'm just here to be a part of it, we're all here to be a part of it. I'm sorry, I'm- Okay. <laughs> I first met the 10 of us as staff about maybe two months ago. And, uh, you know, honestly, I was the new guy at church, so I was so getting to know everybody. Um, you know, like, when you call each other staff, it feels like staff. It feels very, like, why. But, you know, our prayer in the beginning of the semester was God make us into a family. And you can ask anyone, man, but we so are becoming families. It's amazing. You know, like, um, just two nights ago, we were spending time six hours just hanging out and it's just so much fun. Like I just I really love Artemis stuff it's just such fun. Yeah. Alright. Cool. How many guys brought your Bible? Four years. Okay, if you guys can uh, open your Bible to the book of Ephesians, chapter two. Like heat coming straight up to my face. Can we turn that down? I don't want my arm to sweat any more than we are. Thank you, mom. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, just just turn to Ephesians chapter two, verse one. Just hold it right there. just joking with uh, one of my friends. They were like, hey, are you speaking at Emmaus tonight? And I was like, yeah, I'm about to go up there and just be like, my message tonight is that God is good. All right, let's go home. <laughs> you know? But seriously, honestly, God is good. And that's the reason why we're, why, why we're here tonight. That is the message, you know? It's nothing, you know, there's not some crazy truth. It's just we're here because God is good. You know, we are alive because God is good, right? Right? Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. I will read it out loud, and you guys can just follow me, okay? All right. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Say amen if that's a good word. That's a good word. Man, we could just end right here tonight. (laughs) You know? the reason why um, I chose to start with this passage is because I don't know any other passage in all of scripture that better defines my life this is the story of my life this is why I'm here because of God's grace, that's the only reason why the reason why I'm standing here today holding this mic is because of God's grace you know like, real talk, I'm 24 years old. I'm a kid who loves Jesus, you know? I'm not an amazing pastor. I'm, I'm nothing crazy. But how many of you guys know that if God loves you and you love Jesus, that qualifies you for the ministry? Yeah. That means all of you guys are qualified. Yeah. I just want to repeat one line real quick. It says um, in verse, we'll do verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. How many of you guys know that for eternity we're going to praise God? How many of you guys know that? How, how many of you all know that? All right, let's sub. Okay. How many of you guys know that we will worship the Lord for eternity? Not because of his great power. We're not going to worship God for eternity because, you know, because of his strength. We are going to worship God for eternity because of his love. That is why. We will sit around the throne of heaven and we will worship God day and night because he's that good. Because of his grace. That's why. Because Because he is so good, we will worship him for eternity. He's that good. He is that good. My prayer tonight, honestly, is that you would not find this, like, incredible truth tonight. My prayer is very simple tonight, is that you would encounter the heart of God. You know? That you would encounter the heart of God. My prayer tonight is that you would walk in fresh relationship with God. Because it's the best thing ever. You know, honestly, um, what I want to share tonight is really just my life story. Um, That's why, as you can see, I don't really have notes. Is that cool? Is that cool if I don't have notes? All right, cool. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But what I want to share is I want to share just my life story. And it says in the scriptures that we are like God's letters written by the Spirit. We are God's letters. You know, and tonight I just wanted to share this letter called Andy Young. <laughs> right? Actually, I want to share with this too, man. This is a—it's uh, kind of a personal me and God story, but I'm gonna let you guys in tonight, all right? So, ever since I was young, uh, maybe I was like sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade, uh, I started writing in journals, and uh, the reason why I started writing in journals was because I. Really needed to express myself. Like seriously, yeah, I, I needed to express myself, and and honestly, um, I had so much to say. Uh, I had so much that was in my heart, uh, and I just wanted someone that would listen to me. But uh, no one in my family would listen to me, and uh, I, I would always want to connect with my father, and I would always want to talk with him. But uh, we just didn't have that relationship, and so I had all these things I wanted to share. But no one to share, so I resorted to notebooks, and I would write journal entries because I just had I, I just had stuff I wanted to share. You know, I was a kid, and, and 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 I had like imaginations and stuff, and so I would write journal entries, and then slowly, uh, you know, slowly it organically started developing into, uh, into poems. And honestly, I, I I was I started writing poems, and I didn't even know that they were poems. It just kind of became books, you know anyways um, I, so I, I started writing poetry in, in middle school and high school and I kept it a secret for my friends because uh, you know you know I was uh, I was that thug fizzle so you know I couldn't tell my friends I was writing poetry but but honestly at night I, I would go home and, and I would write and I would write my pain and I would write my joy and I would just write when I got saved still continue to write poems, and I remember one day, I was in Hawaii, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into the story, like, I'll, I'll take you there, yeah. but, um, okay. um, I thought that thing was on, but one day, I was writing a poem uh, in Hawaii, I just had my notebook open, and for any of you guys who are creative writers, you all know that, you know, when you write, like, you don't force yourself to write, it just kind of has to come to you, right? it just kind of has to come to you. And I remember as I was sitting there with my notebook open and I was waiting for inspiration, I felt God start to talk to me. And I was like, yes, Lord. And, uh, and I felt like God was saying, he was like, hey, Andy, um, did you know that I like poetry as well? And I was like, you do? <laughs> and uh, he was like, yeah, well, I invented it. Like, I made poetry. And I am like, oh, yes, that makes sense. And, um, and so I remember he, he, as he was talking to me, he says, he said, Andy, do you want to know what my favorite poem of all time is? And I was, I don't know, Shakespeare what? And I said, no, God, what is it? And he said, you are. I guess I'll just want to share briefly my life story, you know? Like, I don't like calling them testimonies, because testimonies sound so, like, dry. I don't know, right? (laughs) I just want to keep it real, right? But um, my name is Andy Un, and my real name is Andrew. Uh, It's Andrew Un. And if you guys don't know what Andrew means, uh, Andrew was one of the names of the disciples uh, that followed Jesus. And actually, Andrew is a Greek name. How many of you guys know what the name Andrew means? Does anyone know? Okay, I'll tell you. The name Andrew is a Greek name, and it means warrior. Yeah, it means warrior. Yeah. I got a cool name, huh? <laughs> um, but ever since I was young, I honestly, the name couldn't be more fitting um, because... I don't know what it was, but I just, I had a very addictive personality, very passionate personality, like a warrior, you know. And it could be a gift, but it could also get you in a lot of trouble. And, um, you know, basically, I was exposed to a lot of stuff at a very young age. This is kind of how my my life developed. Uh, When I was eight, nine years old was the first time, you know, that I was getting involved. or I just started getting exposed to, like, Drugs, alcohol, pornography at the age of eight or nine, because I hung out with all the neighborhood kids, and all the neighborhood kids were, were thirteen years old, and I was an eight-year-old kid that was following all the thirteen-year-olds. Like, you know, like, what's that? And uh, you know, that was me. And um, you know, and I look back on my life now, and I realize, man, Satan was really trying to get after my life at a young age. Like he really hated me. You know, actually, he hates all of how many of you guys know that, that that Satan doesn't play favorites? You know, whether you're from the inner city of Chicago or whether you're from, you know, the freaking mansions of Virginia, he hates us all the same. You know? Yeah, I said freaking. I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> but the enemy was really after my life at, at, at a really young age, and I was just really exposed to a lot. And so, yeah, you could say that my mind was really, like, kind of rough and inverted. And, but yet, at the same time, I'm, like, struggling because I'm this kid. You know, like, I'm still a kid, but yet, like, I'm getting exposed to these things. And so that was kind of that that, that wrestle my whole life. And, you know, long story short, I mean, when I got into middle school, high school, everything just kind of went this downward spiral, which is kind of the nature of sin. You know, sin never just stays where it is, but it, it, it gets worse and worse and worse. It's like cancer, straight up. And when I was in middle school... I shared this story with you guys, but I remember when I was in middle school, um, I, I went to a drug rehab program, teen, teenage intervention program, because I got caught selling pills at my school. Yes, I was a crazy 13-year-old kid. And um, I remember, you know, my dad, he uh, he had a, t- like, so basically, there was this teenage drug intervention program, and it's where all these little kids go to, right? All these, all these teenage kids. And for some reason, they require your dad to take you there, a dad or a father-like figure, and if you understand my relationship with my dad, this was like the most dreadful thing ever, I was like, oh, Lord, help me, you know, and so my dad took me to this, like, this drug intervention program, and I remember, it's as clear as day, so, uh, I don't know why, but I was like the only Asian kid, everyone else is white, you know, I guess white kids like drugs or something I don't know, oh, no. no offense, no, I'm just kidding. I remember sitting there with my dad and we were, we were at all these desks together and it's like father sitting and son's. And I remember, you know, they were calling up each pair uh, one by one. And so they were like, can Timmy and his dad come up? And so Timmy and his dad comes up. And, uh, you know, Timmy's father takes the mic and he's like, Timmy's here today. He you know, some marijuana. Talked about it. And, you know, grounded him. He's going to do better. And everyone starts clapping. They're like, yeah! Go, Timmy! Right? And then they're like, can uh, can Mr. Un and Andy come up? And I was like, oh, Lord. And uh, I remember my dad comes up. We're standing in front of everybody. <laughs> and my dad's like, so they're like, so tell us, why are you here today? And my dad's like, the reason why... Andy is here today is because he is a stupid, <laughs> you know. And uh, and my dad was like, "Yeah, so ashamed of him." And I was like, "Oh man," you know. Um, and that was kind of the relationship that I had with my dad you know, growing up. And, uh, I don't know what came first, you know. Was it the egg or the chicken? Was I getting beat because I was a bad kid, or was I a bad kid because I was getting beat? But I just got into a lot of trouble as a kid, really. and the thing was, was like, whatever I did, I was so passionate about. You know what I mean? I was so passionate about whatever I did. So if I did drugs, I was like, "Give me four of them, right? I'll take more than you." You know, like, like I was just so passionate, and and the thing was, was this passion of mine, it, it just got me into a lot of trouble. You know, because I would always go to the extreme. I would always go to the extreme. During this time, you know, um, my life is going down a downward spiral, and I moved to Washington D.C. for college. Uh, how many of you guys have ever heard of George Washington University? I mean, yeah. Okay, cool. yeah, so I went to GW for my first year, and um, I don't know why, but I I thought going to GW was gonna like be the savior of my life. Like, I thought it was gonna change my life. Like right? going to a good school, you know going as a pre-law major, I'm going to stop breaking the law, you know, and um, and I was like, my life is going to change, the crazy thing is, I go to D.C., same thing, life just picks up where it's like, I go to D.C., and basically, I start getting involved in, in drug dealing. I'm not going to go into too much detail because it's not really it's important. But I started selling drugs. You know, in high school I was doing drugs, and then now I was like, okay, that was fun. Why don't I start selling it? And I remember the first time I got hooked was when I, I sold this, like, this like this Ziploc bag full of weed at my school, and I made, like, $380 in, in 45 minutes. And I was like, holy crap, that's the fastest money I've ever made. so when I was living in D.C., like, just things were going worse, you know, like, to the extreme, to the extreme, to the extreme. And the crazy thing was, was the more extreme my life was getting, you know, um, it was like I was living it up, living up what every kid wants to live up, you know, kind of living that dream life. (laughs) Honestly, my life looked like, I don't know, like the O.C. or even, it, it was just crazy, you know what I mean? bad example. (laughs) I don't even watch the OC. I don't know why I said the OC. Anyways. But I remember um, I remember the December of my first year. So I started in fall. December of my first year, I get a DUI. For those of you guys who don't know what a DUI is, it's when you get caught drinking or driving drunk. And I got caught driving drunk first time I went to jail, but I went to jail, and I remember I, I was in jail, and I really felt like it was a wake-up call, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a wake-up call, you know, I was like, you know, my life is, is miserable, you know what I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm becoming so cold as a person, this is a wake-up call, and I really thought it was a wake-up call, I get out of jail, you know, I, I sobered up for like a week, and then I get another phone call, and you have stuff, I just went back into it. And the thing was, you guys, is like, there's so many things in my life that I wanted to change, but I couldn't change it. You know? How many of you guys know that sin is like a trap? It's a prison. How many of you guys know you can't get yourself out of prison? Someone has to open the door for you. I was in prison. And it wasn't a month later till I literally was in prison. The end of January of two thousand six I was finally arrested. You know, you could say that my life finally caught up with me and I was arrested for drug distribution in Washington DC. I handcuffed and I went straight to jail. And yeah, dude, like yeah, I was in jail as an eighteen year old kid. And and in this time, I remember I hit rock bottom. Like I just hit rock bottom in every sense of the word. Because as soon as I went to jail, first of all, I like went down the list of like everything that was happening. I was like, Mom and Dad's gonna find out. I got expelled from school, you know, never gonna I never have a chance to be a lawyer. All these things were going down the list, and I was like, My life is screwed. I said a different word, but I can't say it right now. Okay? I said, My life is screwed. And I've never felt so low. was in that lowest With your mouth, you know that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who calls upon the name of their Lord will be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. How many of you guys know God heard my prayer that night? And I'm going to make the story really, really short. But basically, what happened from that point on was I got bailed out, or they, they released me early. They gave me three weeks before I had to come back for my final hearing. My parents came to Washington, D.C. That was the most, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was to look at my mom and my dad, you know. Man, it was hard, right? But we hired a lawyer, and we talked with the lawyer, and basically the the lawyer was telling us that. You know, the charge that I was charged with was a felony because it was a certain amount of marijuana, and because it was a felony that there was an average sentencing of six months in jail, six months jail time. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, I could possibly be going to jail. And the thing was, was in that time, all I had, because I was so low, all I had was God. And every single day, I said, God, help me, God, help me, God, please do. I know I don't deserve anything, God. I know I don't deserve crap because the last three retreats I went to, I was chasing girls, you know. I was like, God, help me, Father. You know? I'm just keeping it real. Can I keep it real tonight, Emmaus? Can I keep it real? Three weeks later, we go back to court. We go back to court. I meet with my lawyer. And my lawyer and I, we walk into City Hall in Washington, D.C. And my lawyer says, sit down here wait. I'm going to go with the prosecuting office We're going to." Office. basically it's like a private meeting that they have and they try to broker a deal basically. he comes out he says Andy it's your turn to come in and so my lawyer and I we walk into the courthouse I mean, it is what you imagine there's just no jury right so there's a judge right here it's me lawyer prosecuting office the judge is right here and I remember I'm sitting down the judge tells me to arise So I stand up. I said, state your name. I said, Andrew Runn. State your address. Blah, 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 Atlanta, Georgia. Right? what the lawyer begins to say is now she's she's the one that determines the the verdict, or she's the one that determines what's going to happen that day. And she looks at me and she says, Andrew Runn, the court has decided today that we are going to let you go home. That you will serve no jail time. That we want you to finish your college education and we're going to show you grace to what was that? Excuse me? I've never been so shocked, but at the same time, I already knew what it was. The moment those words came out of me, Is know that the only thing that can change a human being is grace. There's nothing else. There is nothing else that can change a human being. If I had a title for tonight's message, which I don't, it would be It's About Relationship, Not Religion. It is not. To me, what grace is, grace is the red carpet that leads you to the heart of God. It is the red carpet that you must walk to get to the heart of God. And the thing about grace is you can only receive it. You cannot do anything to earn it. The moment you start to try to earn God's grace, you verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches in his grace. How many of you guys know that we will worship God for eternity We will stand before the throne and say, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. You are worthy, God. You're worthy. Guys, that's really what it's about. It's just about relationship. It's very simple. This message, this gospel message thing, it's so simple. It's about relationship. It's about having a relationship with God. After I was released from jail, and this grace began to happen in my my heart, something was happening in me that never happened before, never happened before. I started to change. He was changing me. He was changing me. Slowly, slowly, he was changing me. Because how many of you guys know that God wants to change you from the inside out? He wants to change the heart of a man. It's not about what you do. It's about where your heart is. He wants to change the essence of a man. That's why he changed the water into wine. Because he wants to change the essence of who we are. You know? We are not going to change because God sets a a set of rules. And he says, follow this to become righteous. You will never, ever measure up. We will never measure up. And so how does God make us righteous? Righteous. He says, Andy, I don't want you to follow a set of rules. I want to live in you. I want to take over your life. I want to change you from the inside out. When I live in you, you will change. The inside out. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. God, you are good. I just want to start dancing up in this piece. God is good. God is good. God is good. Come on, somebody. God is good. You know? Because we don't have to follow a set of rules, right? Because he comes inside of our life and he lives inside of us, it doesn't depend on us anymore. Hallelujah. Your righteousness does not depend upon you. That burden is off your shoulders. It's not your responsibility. It's God's. He says, I'll do it. I'll do it if you let me. I'll do it. Says in the book of Philippians that he will bring to completion the work that he began in you. Yeah. God, you are so good. Okay. I don't know where I was going. But, so after I got released, I came back home. And long story short, I decided to move to Hawaii. And when I moved to Hawaii, the reason why I moved out there is because there's a, a school, a missionary school out there called YWAM. How many, how many guys have heard of YWAM? All right, cool. Like about 50% of the room. Okay, YWAM. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a global missions organization, and they have a, a wonderful base in Kona, Hawaii. It's, it's a great, great place. It's just beautiful. Anyways, I got to go out there because my brother was staffing out there, so he invited me out there. And you have to remember that during this time, like the, the change and the transition is happening in my life. Like it's, it's a process, you know. Still dropping F-bombs here and there, still smoking Marlboro Reds, you know, it's hard to give up. You know, but God was changing me. And what he was starting to show me was he was saying, that, Andy, it's not about what you do, it's about what your heart is. You know? I remember one of my friends, his name's Brian, and he's a big time or he was a big-time drug dealer in Atlanta. And I remember one day, him and I, you know, maybe two years ago, we were having a talk. I was riding driving in my car. And he, he looked at me, and he asked me this question. He said, Andy, I want to quit smoking weed, but I can't. You know? So I, I just want to quit weed. And he's like, I want to get close to God, but this, this weed habit, it's, it's, it's like, it's, like it's, it's, chain, it's chaining me down. And what I told Brian was what happened in my life. All I said was I said, Brian, don't try to change your, don't try to break your habit of smoking weed in order to come to God. Come to God so that he can break that habit of smoking weed you know what i'm saying just come to god as you are just come to him engage in relationship fall in love receive his love and let god do it come on so i come to hawaii and when i get to hawaii um yeah i'm still in transition and i'm in this school with all these jesus freaks and i'm like, what am i doing here (laughs) you know i'm like god i love you but these fools are crazy you know Close my armpits for a sec, but I remember the first day of class. You know, they're like, "This is starting the time of worship." You know? It's like, "All right, cool." And then, you know, like when worship starts, there's these guys with these flags. They just come out of nowhere, and the people are all like, "Yeah," you know. And and I'm like, oh <laughs> I said, where the hell am I?" <laughs> right. It was crazy, but as crazy and as weird as it was, I looked at him and I said, "I want it." Basically, it was the first week of um, of, uh, of class, and we had a corporate gathering, you know, basically the whole base gathered together to worship. And uh, our our founder, Lauren Cunningham, I believe it was him. He was giving a message that night. And the message that he was giving was very simple. It's the message of Jesus. It says, Jesus died for you. Now we ought to lay down our lives for you. We lay down your lives. We lay down your lives. I heard this message. But i understand. God was doing something in my life. Morning. I woke up. I woke up. I walked outside. Everything was
1: beautiful.
0: I was like, wow, look at the grass. The sun. Like, everything was just beautiful. How many of you guys know grace makes everything beautiful? Grace makes everything beautiful. When you receive the grace of God, man, everything is beautiful. Your friendship with that person to the left of you is beautiful. It becomes so beautiful. And this is the meaning of life. This is the meaning of life. Nothing crazy was happening, you guys. Simply, I was returning to who I was created for. That's all that was happening. The reason why you and I worship here every week is because we're returning to our creator. We're doing what we were made to do. We're doing what we were made to do. We were made for God. We were made for relationship. And when I reconnected, let me, God, give me a good analogy because I can't think right now. It's like, this is so cheesy, but okay. But it's kind of like the glove fits, okay? Right? It's like, okay, so I got these Uniqlo pants on, right? Right? And the first time I put on these jeans, I was like, oh me. I was like, I was like, dang, these feel so good. You know? I feel like I met my match. And from now on, all I'll buy is Uniqlo jeans. Like, for real, for real. But I was coming home. I was coming home. Home. Come on, somebody. I came home. I came to God. And when you Back to the source. When you come back to what you were created for, everything in life makes sense. Everything in life makes sense. That's why nothing in this life will not—it will not make sense without God. No philosophy makes sense without God. Art does not make sense without God. Music does not make sense without God. Everything was made for God, and when I connected my heart back. Why I'm alive I I found out why I was alive I found out why I was alive How many of you guys want to find out Why you're alive How many of you guys have found why you're alive Right That's what it's about I don't know how much time I have So Um Verse 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. For the next three months during my discipleship training school, this is basically what happened. This is no exaggeration. It was as if I was standing for three months, and God bless me every single day. I love you, love you. Love you. Every day, it was just and I, and the thing was was I was like, I was like God, like, I, you know, I like, I I know I'm supposed to be in jail right now. I deserve to be in jail. You don't understand. I felt so worthless. I felt like I didn't deserve anything, especially because of what was happening between me and my dad. You know, like, I mean. That's another day. That's another story. God's totally healed my relationship with my dad. But at that time, you know, my dad was like, you know, you're, you're ashamed, you know? And I was still carrying that. And I felt like I didn't deserve anything. But every single day, God would sit me before him and he says, Stand still. And he clothed you. And he love you. And he bless you. And every single day, John, when Jesus wraps the towel around his waist. changing this person. I was changing. He was changing me from the inside. And that's why I stand before you, you know, the person that I am today, you know, like, on it, I cannot boast. You know? It is a joy, it is a joy for me to stand up here to simply tell the world how great God is. How many of you guys know that's what ministry is? Ministry is the calling of your life to tell the world how good that is. <laughs> Come on, man. People are afraid to get called into the ministry. I'm like, are you crazy? You get, to, you get to walk with God for the rest of your life and tell the world how good he is. It's a joy for me to stand up here. It's a pleasure. No burden. None, none of that. It's a joy. It's an honor. You know? I'll end end with this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Can we say amen again? Come on. Come on, dude. I'm going to read it one more time. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, there's so many things I could say about this passage, but this is what I'll say. First of all, raise your hand proudly if you believe that the Bible is the word of God. Come on. If you believe that this is the truth, raise your hand. Okay, there's no argument. God prepared beforehand good works for us. This is tight. This is crazy. I love this. Because not only does God change us, not only does God put his spirit in us, and he develops, and he he loves us, and he creates this relationship with us, but he's like, it gets better. He says it gets better. He says, I have plans for you. Yeah. I have good works for you to do. As you fulfill your destiny, you will change the world while you do it. (laughs) You will change the world while you do it. I was about to say, ladies and gentlemen. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, whatever, dude. Okay, whatever. Every single one of us, we we have these questions. What about my future, God? What am I going to do? God, what am I going to be when I grow up? You know, a job, a profession, right? If you would only simply trust your hands into the hands of a loving God, you will fulfill your destiny. It's as simple as that you will fulfill your destiny. You will change the world. You know, honestly, I had plans. You know what my life plans were? Going into college, I was going to become a lawyer and I was going to go to law school. I was going to become a lawyer. I was going to work for corporate law. I was going to make a lot of money and I was going to live a very comfortable life. Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Because what God is allowing me to do now, by simply walking with him, I can have imagined. I could never have imagined. I'm not boasting, but I'm telling you straight up, God's allowed me to pray for diplomats of nations. You know, God's allowed me to connect with some just amazing people. He lets me love on orphans and widows. You know, to really change the world with God. Come on. You will fulfill your destiny if you just simply trust. And the message today is just relationship. It's not about religion. It's about religion. Just tell him that he's good. He's worthy, you guys. Just tell him that he's good. Father, you're good. Lord, you are so good. If you can even remember your own testimony, God, you are so good. You are so good. You are so good. good.